Welcome to the Questionally Qualified Podcast. Uh, this is John Truxus, and we'll be continuing our preview of the NFL season here. We're joined by Mike Yax. Yax, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, looking forward to talking about the NFC South, which I think by all metrics would be the most mediocre division of last year. Not the worst, uh, but definitely not the best with the Buccaneers. Uh, pulling out a playoff berth on the strength of an 8-9 and nine finish, and every other team in the division finishing 7-10. and 10. So we'll go ahead and get into the details here in a moment. Uh, I managed to find a beer for the division this time around with the Sweetwater Brewing Company Extra Pale Ale, uh, which is from Atlanta, Georgia, apparently. There you go. Yeah. Any luck on your side? No. I, had the, I, I did the Florida Man yesterday. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I that was that was I should have uh, waited. I guess. I mean, that was the best representative I could find for Florida at my store too. Was from that same brewery. They had the High Ally and they had that one, but I didn't find. There might have been one from like way down in Miami, also. Right. Um, but not a lot of Florida beers on the shelves, to be honest. No, just Cigar City is that's the High Ally yep. company. Yep. yep. All right, let's go ahead and dive into it. We will start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, there is no more Tom Brady this season, uh, so I don't know if they'll have the clutch that they need to get it over the finish line and get that 8-9 and nine finish and a, and a playoff berth. Um, what are your general thoughts about the Bucs coming into this season? I don't know. I lo- I'm looking at their division odds at plus 800. And that seems like an amazing bet because what, what do they lose a 95-year-old Tom Brady, who, <laughs> by all counts, didn't look great. <laughs> I agree. It seems a little odd that they are by far the underdog in the division. Uh, when, I mean, I guess there's a lot of hype around some of the additions, especially through the draft that the other teams got over the past mm-hmm. year. But they were the only team in the division that was like really competent on both sides of the ball last season. So that's kind of odd. Yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if, you know, I, you know they lost Donovan Smith, but he was terrible last year by yep. all, almost yep. all accounts. Yep. But they're still, their adjusted sack rate allowed was best in the league. Yeah. So, and then Tom Brady still couldn't do almost anything. Yeah, yeah I think it's fair yeah. to say that uh, Brady was bailing on a lot of plays pretty fast, which does, does help that adjusted sack rate if he just never gets sacked because he <laughs> throws the ball away in the first second, but... Or he does the the classic, throw it in under two seconds. Yep, yep, spike it at the guy's feet. Um, So he'll be gone this year, and taking his place is some combination of Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. I I don't love Baker, but I got to think he's going to win that QB competition, right? They were, I heard before the first preseason game, people were saying they're like, oh, they love Kyle Trask out there. But after literally one non-like game that made didn't mean anything. Everyone's like, oh, Baker's the leader in the clubhouse. Baker, now. baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a, a hilarious to me. But yeah, that I thought I felt the same. It has to be Baker. But well, we'll see. Yep, yep. And uh, of course, he'll still have some pretty good uh, offensive weapons to work with, with Evans and Godwin there. Beyond that, on the offensive side of the ball, I don't really, I'm not as familiar with the rest of the players they have. Uh, but you made a note here that they signed Chase Edmonds, which is... He's been threatening to break out his whole career, so let's watch <laughs> out for that. 
Yeah, I think I, I, I think if I remember correctly, he showed up at the very bottom of some of the uh, like success rate and efficiency based uh, like per per touch metrics last season. So that bodes well. That was he was his time in Denver was a real bummer. Yep, as as was everybody's last year, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so like I said, uh, last season they they were mediocre, kind of on both sides of the ball. 16th in offensive DVOA, 13th in defensive DVOA. Uh, they were terrible on special teams. And they had a lot of games lost to injury as well, kind of as you noted with the offensive line. So I don't know that it's, I don't know that I would expect them to improve on the eight and nine finish from last year, but kind of to your point, I'm not sure why I would expect them to suddenly go down to like three and 14 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have at least like a little bit of, Kind of continuity. I guess people are down on Todd Bowles. Who, who could have known? Yeah, yeah, he did seem a little uh, uninterested in doing any sort of actual coaching uh, towards the end of last season. But maybe, maybe that's what happens with prolonged exposure to Tom Brady. Yeah, that's that could be. We'll see. We'll see what kind of job he does this year. A totally unremarkable offseason this team had. I felt like. Yeah, like, agreed. Just, agreed. Yeah. Um, I don't. What kind of? Maybe they're still kind of treading water after acquiring Brady in the first place. Is that kind of where we're at? Or I think I, that's true. Sure. I think it, it wrecked their cap for a while there, and they kind of went all in last mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it was kind of hard for them. They don't really have the flexibility to make a lot of changes. Yeah, that must be what it is, because you look at this and you're like, yeah, I mean, this division's mediocre, so you could do a few things and maybe win it, but... Is not a team that I think is built for any type of success this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, with that said, the division odds of plus 800 and also an over-under of 6.5. I got to say I'm kind of leaning towards the over on that just because I feel like unless it's Kyle Trask, they're probably going to have at least like NFL veteran quarterback play to go with decent offensive weapons, possibly a better offensive line if they you know kind of bounce back from injury. Um, and it's in a division where they're going against Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, and Bryce Young. So I don't, you know, I don't know who's who's really more proven at this point. But uh, but plus eight hundred seems like a long shot for a, a division that's kind of all in the same spot. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like this is not a terrible bet. You know, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get out of the. I mean, quarterback. We'll get to like Atlanta, for instance. If Desmond Ritter's bad, it's Taylor Heineke season, and mm-hmm. I mean, watch out. That's bleak. So it looks like the NFC South plays the NFC North, um, and is it the AFC South? Yeah. So that that could explain. I actually that can't really explain why the win total's so low because I feel like both yeah. those divisions are pretty weak. Yeah, it makes me like the idea of that over six and a half even more. They get the number one seed on everyone, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. As, as a result of finishing first last season in the division. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think I'm gonna give it a slight over, but to your point, I, I like those division odds more than anything. I think I'd, I'd sprinkle a little on that before, you know, attaching twenty dollars to the to the Kyle Trask Baker Mayfield combo and, and having to sweat it out all season long. Yeah, I think six and a half is a great line. I I don't know if it's gonna. They could hit six pretty easy. 
But they also could hit eight pretty easy in my eyes. Yeah. So I don't want to be lockstep, so I'll take Thunder. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. So but I love ahead. that plus 800, like you said. That's yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a juicy one. So let's go ahead. We'll, we'll move right on from that to the favorites in the division. The favorites in the division at plus 121 are the New Orleans Saints. How uh, is this a fucking thing? Coming off a seven and ten season, uh, no more, no more Andy Dalton. Uh, Derek Carr is here to save the day. Yep. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like you probably have some thoughts on Derek Carr. He's he's an interesting one. I just, I don't know. For the life of me, I don't understand Derek Carr, and I'm not gonna pretend I know his stats inside and out. But I remember. I, I've disclosed this many times, and anyone who listens to this, so I love the Detroit Lions, and for years everyone said, you know, Matt Stafford, he cannot win the big game, blah, that's exactly how I feel about Derek Carr, like, what can this, this guy has no discernible plus skills that I'm aware of that makes him a good NFL quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't get it, I don't get it at all, how this, the addition of this man has turned this team into an over-under of nine and a half wins and a division odds of only plus 121. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I think nine and a half seems way too high. I mean, Derek Carr, the best season that we've seen out of Derek Carr, he had very good protection, and he kind of got past his biggest bugbear that I've at least heard people um, you know, go into detail about, which is that he just doesn't take shots down the field regardless of whether they're there and whether he has the arm for it. He just, like, checks down a lot. Um, and they sort of got over it that one season where they were pushing it a little further. Um, but he was also let go by the Las Vegas Raiders, so I don't know how much how much faith you're supposed to be placing in that if they decided that it was better to move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... I'm, I don't get it at all. Yeah, and <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned check down. Because earlier today, I was like, what is his ceiling? And it's like, his ceiling's a less bad Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That's kind of what I came to. It's like, he's little, an optimized Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like a lower variance Kirk, right? Yeah, that, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get this at all. It's pretty strange. And, and kind of adding on to that point, so Dennis Allen is still the head coach there who's you know taken over once Sean Payton retired, um, though, of course, he's no longer retired. And there's some interesting talk about Dennis Allen in the sense that I don't there's not much evidence to suggest that he's a good head coach. Um, he took over a Saints team here that was pretty darn good, kind of on the cusp of the Super Bowl um, the year before he got there. And granted, they they lose Drew Brees. Um, but I think Sean Payton was there for one, one season at Jameis, right? And they were, remained competitive. Um, but if you go back to 2012, that's when Dennis Allen took over as the head coach of the Raiders. What a uh, time What a time to be alive that was. <laughs> indeed it was. Indeed it was. Um, he went 4-12, and and then 4-12, and and then 0-4 before being fired. Um, and last <laughs> season he was 7-10. and so I, I don't know that he's lifting the ceiling on your on your team as a head coach so much. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, he was a pretty good defensive coordinator there for a minute, right? They had yeah. like a sneaky good defense to get a lot of pressure. Yep. On the quarterback, and yeah, they kind of blew that up to get Derek Carr. Right. So they lost like four of their 
pieces on the defensive line. And they tried to replenish it in the draft a little bit. But I, I don't, I just, I'm so, I'm so confused by yeah. this. I think, yeah, confused, I think, is the right term, too, because I'm just sort of thinking about it. And I, one of the other things that I worry about a lot uh, with in terms of their offense, right? So last year, their offense slipped to 22nd. And I think it's tempting to say, well, you had injuries to Jameis, who was supposed to be the starter. Um, Andy Dalton misses a game here or there. So you've got Taysom, uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill taking snaps as the, the starting quarterback and also, you know, enraging some people in our fantasy league. And they slipped to 22nd. So I, I do sort of think that when you have a coach like Sean Payton, who's in place for so long yeah. and you have some of those players still there, I think that you get a lift kind of into the next season. Mm-hmm. And I think that lift dissipates more and more every season after that, as you lose some of the players, as you lose some of the knowledge. Yeah. And if that's the case, then the Saints offense that finished 22nd last year, it might be more likely that they drop further than that they bounce back in any big way. Are you saying you don't have faith in Pete Carmichael Jr., John? <laughs> Is that what I hear you saying? I mean, he took over for, for Lombardi, so I guess he might be better than that. But Is that uh, true? Yeah, it was it was Joe Lombardi in New Orleans before he went over to the Chargers. Why do people give this guy jobs still? I, I, that completely... I I have no memory of that. I know he was a New New Orleans guy, um, but that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm I'm almost positive because I remember you know you look at and again it's one of those ones where then he gets signed and people are like oh well you know he was the he was the offensive coordinator there. Yeah. You think he was in New Orleans? You think he was the offensive coordinator? There? Yeah, with Sean Payton there. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. He I mean, was the, uh, he was the QB coach in New Orleans, so he was yeah. like the right hand man for for Sean. But and then that's what they said when they hired him as the OC in Detroit. They're like, oh, this is Drew Brees' quarterback coach. You're so like, right. You're are so you right. fucking serious? Is it, you think Drew Brees listens to this fucking clown? Get out of town. <laughs> 2009 to 2013, quarterbacks coach for the Saints. 2014-15, oh, yeah. Detroit Lions OC. Oh my 2016 to 2020, <laughs> Saints quarterback coach. <laughs> 21 <laughs> 22, Chargers offensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's but, amazing. you know, lucky guy, he's an offensive coordinator again this season. He gets to do it for Sean Payton again, so he probably gets to take some more naps and, and relax a little bit. Yeah. That, I think that's a skill in and of itself, like just being an offensive coordinator that doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Like you're just good at the install, like helping out the head coach, like run the plays with all the guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you have, you have some notes in here about Pete. Pete Carmar- Carmichael, which I found yeah. very entertaining. I I want yeah because we were talking. I, I I just I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how we missed the opportunity to um, re-examine some sports like radio takes about Jim Bob Cooter and his time in Detroit. So an all-timer kind of yeah, it was some pretty funny stuff. So I wanted to do the same thing, and I looked at what they were saying about Pete Carmichael and like the New Orleans sports media, and they basically think he stinks. <laughs> Perfect. And these these stats that I'm going to read out, they're, they say them as if they're like, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, this guy stinks. What did they say? He uses motion on the least amount of plays in the NFL. 
by 50 plays. Yeah. I think it was like 350 plays. When they had Sean Payton as their head coach, I think, and they've used the same amount of motion in their plays yeah. since, like, before he left. Yeah. So they went from, like, top five to, like, the bottom by over 50, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty um, remarkable, um, yeah. especially as, as the NFL in general has shifted more and more towards the motion. Like, the only holdouts basically have been the teams with extremely old QBs who um, get grumpy like Aaron Rodgers uh, or Tom yeah. Brady get grumpy when there's a wrinkle added to a play. And that's not, you wouldn't think that when you think, when I think of the New Orleans and Sean Payton system, you always think, oh, it's kind of ahead of its time, but yeah, we are, we are old now. And in yep. 2009, maybe it was, but it sure shit isn't anymore. Yep. Yep. And, and, yeah. you know, sort of on the same storyline as before, I think, you know, maybe when, when Breeze and Payton are there, there's a reason that they're not using motion and they don't necessarily need yeah. it so much. Uh, but neither are there now. And yeah. when your top weapons are Alvin Kamara, who's also suspended for part of the season, mm-hmm. and Michael Thomas, who I don't know if he can like walk for a full practice anymore. And Olave, I think, is on the up. Olave up. looks legit, yes. Yeah, But, but yeah, you might need but... some smoke and mirrors to try to make things happen when that's, that's exactly. what you're working with. Exactly. He's not like... Chris Olave is a good player, but is he going to be Michael Thomas in his prime? I don't think anyone thinks that right yeah yeah so uh so yeah needless to say we're not as high on the saints as uh as the vegas predictions seem to be um i'm pretty yeah. tempted to say under nine and a half for sure i do have to remind myself that there's 17 games a year now oh yeah that's true because that does throw me off a lot especially on these season long lines where that would mean they'd have to be 10 and 7 so why would i think they'd be three games better than last season i can't i can't find it why they would be. The yeah. other two stats these New Orleans sports media people threw out was the least amount of play action when they were trying to run the ball ton last year and bottom five in explosive plays of 20 yards or more. When I think of Sean Payton, that is not at all what I think about. Yeah, absolutely. So they're basically just trying to, you know, I don't know, recapture this thing that has gone away. They brought... In they brought this is another thing that drives me crazy and means they're just gonna implode is that they hired John Gruden as a fucking like I don't know like um, a consultant advisor cons- yeah yeah and they just I don't know there are no details about it because I'm sure they're highly embarrassed to bring somebody with such a colorful track record in the last few <laughs> good, years good choice of terms there yeah i mean seriously what a fucking what that's unbelievable to me i i just i i don't know i don't know how i i just don't understand why people think that this is going to be the best team in the division i think i don't know i agree i agree and their defense um you know even without some of the the losses in free agency their defense was already getting old, and they kind of hung on longer than people thought they would. So if that if that unit takes a step back and they finished eighth last year in defensive DVOA, suddenly you're looking at below average across the board, and that is not a good recipe for a season. Yeah, and some of the guys that they actually had that were good in this defense left for teams in the division. Oh, that's so always that'll fun. Be, that'll be fun for them. Like, yep. that's what's... What I find so funny is when that happens. It's like I'm sure they really loved that team. But good news, they signed Jesse James, who apparently is still in the NFL. So watch out for him. 
I I would not have guessed that he was still an active player before you wrote that in there. I I thought for sure that he had retired. I would have said he retired like six years ago. I I thought yeah after they drafted the, he was on lines briefly, and they signed him and then immediately drafted T.J. Hawkinson in the first <laughs> round. Yeah, and said this is the organization that I root for. Oh yeah, they also gave Foster Moreau eight million dollars guaranteed. Why? You got me. You got me. He had thirty three catches last year. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand this organization. Organization at all. The one positive thing that they did was they brought in Jamal Williams, whom I love. That's um, true. That's true. I do love him, and I did enjoy his uh, his Ben Yetz video. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, and I totally agree with him. And then I saw a little thing about him going through Pokemon cards with some kid. I'm like, yeah, oh, he's the hero. We we do not deserve it at all. He really is. He really is. Because yeah, I mean, I, I actually haven't had the beignets at, at Cafe Du Monde, but I, I what do you call them? Beignetties? Is that? Yeah, he's called a beignetties. <laughs> so this is a funnel cake. It's a funnel cake. <laughs> is it? Is it not? Like, sorry, yeah. New Orleans. That was pretty great. That was pretty great. He's he really is a treasure. The, the saddest part for me is that he's not with the Lions, just because I love those interviews so much. My gosh, that was yeah. He was the best. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, we'll have plenty of time to to cry about our own teams here when we get to the NFC North. In the yeah. meantime, let's go ahead and move on to uh, to the next team in the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons last year finished seven and ten with some really bizarre individual game results. They were sort of the weird the weird change up team uh, for a lot of their opponents, and that's how you end up beating teams like the San Francisco 49ers by a couple touchdowns. You know, just kind of a lot of chaos, uh, and a lot of that's built on the fact that their offense was great at running the ball in the modern era, which is which is strange, and. This year, I, I imagine they're just hoping to see some sort of progress from, from Desmond Ritter in his second year, and they're going to see where that can take him. Yeah. I mean, I think they tried to do some stuff in free agency. So they had the worst sack rate, so I think they're trying to... Yeah, they got to do something on defense. I think this offense is actually going to be maybe good, as to your point, if Desmond Ritter is good. So. They sh- yeah, I mean, they should have everything you could want there. Their offensive line wasn't spectacular last year. Um, their adjusted sack rate looks even worse. Um, but I think that for the most part, they were sort of a middling offensive line overall, like a steady one. And they retained those pieces. So if you get steady O-line play, and then you have Kyle Pitts, Drake London, uh, Bijan now in the mix, uh, and you've given, Ritter, uh, you've given Ritter plenty of people to, to look for, and... At that point, I guess it's just a matter of do you get the passing element added in? Because I know I know all the fantasy owners of, of Kyle Pitts out there uh, probably aren't loving the the Arthur Smith offense so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I it's that's very true. I and I don't really know what to say honestly because I guess Mariota never really was able to find his stroke as a passer in the NFL, so maybe you can chalk a little bit up to that, but. Yeah, they were a bizarre watch last year. And, I mean, the last two years, watching, like, you know, you watch Cordero Patterson, that, like, turn into, like, a viable running back, like, a very, and a, that, that kind of, the, that made them fun, I think. But, yeah, they're, they're definitely conundrum a little bit, and maybe Ritter or Heineke, if he plays, can you know throw the ball down the field a little bit, add a different element, and yeah. that 
I would make a world of difference, I think, for them. Yeah, and I think Ritter, like Ritter didn't look spectacular when he got the start last year, but I think that he he didn't he at least didn't show enough for anyone to go, wow, he he definitely doesn't have it. Yeah. It yeah, it wasn't a Malik Willis situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he wasn't he wasn't uh subbed out in a, in the playoff chase there for Oh, I'm not going to remember who the hell was it that took the start instead of Malik Willis late in the season for the Titans. There's no way I'm going to know this. I think it was a former XFL? I was going to say, I always default to P.J. Walker, but that doesn't seem right. It wasn't him, although I do love him quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Josh Dobbs? Josh Dobbs. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Good pull. Good pull. You got to love that. Yeah. So I yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. So some Ritter at least didn't didn't get his job stolen by Josh Dobbs. Wow. Yeah. I I definitely forgot about that. That's hilarious. They were pretty forgettable. Uh all right. So with all that in mind, let's take a look at sort of their division odds are at plus 216, um which, you know, again, not bad, but that means roughly four times more likely than the Bucks to win the division. And they have an over under of eight and a half, so that at least seems like a pretty reasonable number to me, right? Like you're you're right there at the five hundred line, one way or the other, uh, coming yeah. down up to the wire there. Yeah. Another thing that happened, and it's lucky that we're doing this now, is they retain their one of their starting inside linebackers from last year, and after the first preseason game this year, they outright cut him. I, this defense is insane to me. <laughs> I mean, they were awful, as we said, but they, I don't know. I like the the direction this team's going, at least, at least a little bit. I agree, I agree, and they've, they've been fun to watch at the very least over the past couple seasons. So, eight and a half, I'll let you go first on this one. I'm going to I'm gonna noodle on it a little more, because that's a, that's one that I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, it seems like a shoulder shrug from Vegas on that one, too. So, for me... I think this team is going to come out of the South, so I'm going to go over. Nice. Nice. Okay, bold bold prediction. I like it. I mean, they also added the a, you know a top 10 safety, according to PFF, from Cincinnati and Jesse Bates. Yep. So it's like if they can just get their defense just a, um, a little bit better, right? Right. You know, that after that, it's like, yeah, I don't know. With Bijan, it's like, and if they can add a downfield passing element, this team could be really dynamic. But and Arthur Smith just... does seem like the sort of coach who's going to use Bijan in fun ways. Like he seems to be that yeah. that sort of mind working on the offense there. Yeah, I think you look at what he did with Cordero, and you you think, what if this guy wasn't 100 years old and yeah. has yeah. the injury <laughs> history of like a World War II veteran, like. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna join me on the over. I really do. I think I think you're right. I think their offense, unless Ritter looks even worse than he did when he when he came in last season, then I think it's reasonable to think their offense is gonna be maybe even top ten. I mean, they were thirteenth last year. I think that's really possible, but I also think maybe their offensive coordinator stinks. So <laughs> or he's just like very creative in the way that he makes up runs. I mean, when he came from the Bears when they had Trubisky at the end of Cutler, yep. so it's not really a throwing pedigree he's got. Yeah, yeah, that's never been a specialty for the Bears staff. 
I can't wait till we do some breakdowns of that. Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Yeah, I'll join you on the over. Uh, so that's that's both of us going over there in the Atlanta Falcons, which I don't know that I would have. We're both we're both saying the Falcons are going to finish above five hundred, which is. I think so. I think so. They and they, you know, they added two of those defensive linemen off New Orleans to like not be the worst. Yep. Uh, yeah, and that's right. I mean, so team. when you're thirtieth in defensive DVOA. Yeah, there's a lot of room to improve. Just being mediocre would be a big improvement. Exactly, I, and like, and their offense is was 13th, and I can't stress enough that they could not throw the ball. It seems like right, right. Mariota was by like almost all metrics, maybe the worst passer in the NFL last year, like the worst non-rookie passer in the NFL last year. Yeah, and so it's just like if you can, ju- there's so much room for improvement in two ways, and then you add Bijan, so it's like. I can't see how they're worse running. Agreed. Yeah, it's going to be... I think there's a lot of room here for them to improve, and I, I think they should. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, analytically, from the analytics community, you, you might not love the idea of taking Bijan that high in a draft, but yeah. that doesn't mean that he's not going to be successful Yeah, of course. as a player. You know, it yeah, just means yeah. that maybe it's not a great idea from a draft capital standpoint, but he can still have an immediate impact, a... no doubt. And now, and now I'm thinking about it. like they could have taken Jalen Carter with that pick, and now I'm kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Whatever, let's get away with let's, we'll get away from what the fuck are you doing, Atlanta Falcons? And yeah, we'll yeah. Say, I think so, maybe. But I'm sure, I'm sure, Bomani Jones would say, what? Don't ever think the Falcons can do it. Yep, so. yep. And I do. I actually like Bomani quite a bit. I, like I love Bomani. I love. I love. I love him and. I, it feels blasphemous picking the Atlanta Falcons when I know that he would just be like, no, I don't think so. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, if they follow their, their franchise tradition, then maybe they'll start out, um, you know, like 8-2 and two and then uh, lose the rest <laughs> of the games and just blow that, blow that lead for us on that pick. Yeah, could be. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Carolina Panthers, fourth team in the division. Uh, last season, they also finished 7-10. and 10. And they had an interesting season as well, kind of like the Falcons. Not in terms of winning How did shocking they win games, seven games, but they won seven games despite being twenty seventh in offensive DVOA and twenty fifth in <laughs> defensive DVOA, which seems hard to do. Yeah, that it's wild. When I looked and saw that they had, they were seven and ten. I was like, huh? I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I think I might need to dive back into those stats a little more and figure out like just how much of an improvement there was after Matt Rule was fired. Because I think they yeah. kind of went from like laughing stock to run-of-the-mill bad after that. And maybe maybe the numbers are being dragged down considerably by the start of the season when uh, when Ben McAdoo was the OC. <laughs> Wait, did he, was he fired when Rule was fired? Yes. I, be, ooh, I don't know for sure. Maybe. The idea that Ben McAdoo had a job and I, I just wasn't even aware of it means that we should have been doing this. Agreed. Last year. Agreed. There's nothing better than clowning Ben McAdoo. Yeah. I was stunned that, that he had an OC <laughs> role last year. I really didn't think he did. <laughs> the, be- the funniest thing about his progression is that he started wearing hats so you couldn't see his dumb fucking slick back hair. His haircut is the worst. A 50s greaser. What are you doing? <laughs> what a jabroni that guy was. Um... 
so yeah, so so needless to say, he's gone, um, which is <laughs> going to be a positive for just about any team. Um, and in the coaching, the coaching category now, I I like Frank Reich more than you do. I think I think that he at least offensively did a pretty good job in Indy. You know, pretty seamlessly went from the idea of Andrew Luck to Philip mm-hmm. Rivers to yeah. getting a decent year out of Carson Wentz somehow. Yeah. And he's brought in Ajiro Evero as his defensive coordinator, who was a defensive coordinator in Denver last year, where everything was bad, but the defense actually performed pretty well. So at least it seems like he's not bad at his job. But their OC has a little bit more interesting of a history, and he was someone I didn't know anything about before we started I doing this. still really don't know anything about him. I'm not sure he ever called offensive plays. But, like, to to, you know... To our point about guys like Joe Lombardi, it's like maybe that's the point for Frank Reich. Yeah. But I think this guy's supposed to be calling plays, but he was the offensive coordinator of Miami, like the University of Miami. I think <laughs> yeah, from, not, not the Dolphins, Miami. From 2015 to 2018. And I, some people say he called plays, but then like some of them are like, he never ever called plays. So... <laughs> And they were terrible in 2018, which I think was his last year. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird point to have question in your in your coaching history, also, right? Like there aren't a lot of, uh, there are quite a few bad OCs out there who no one ever suggested they didn't call plays. Yeah. So that's an I, interesting one. <laughs> it was weird because it was like they were like he's gonna call plays, and then they're like, nah. Now they're like he didn't call plays. It's wild. <laughs> it's a lie. Yeah, and I think I think looking at at what the team did in the off season, obviously, you know, so much of it's going to depend on on how Bryce Young turns out. They added some other names, but I don't know that there's much reason to be excited about those names. Uh, yeah. So, starting with the receivers, you added Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Yeah, they have so much, so many like injury problems. It seems in the last few years that I'm not sure what you're going to get out of them. But then you also drafted Jonathan Mingo, I think. Was he also in the first round? I think he he's was. Like, I think they had two first-rounders. Oh, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, which, I mean, I think he's a pretty dynamic talent, but I I don't know. And then it's, like, stuff like Miles Sanders. Like, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can only speak to them running – for 220 yards against the Lions last year, whatever <laughs> obscene number Dante Foreman went for against us, but yep, yeah, I mean maybe I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's 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 to your point. It's all about Bryce Young for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I feel like I feel like season wise, they would consider it a success as long as Bryce Young looks like he's doing well and stays healthy. And I don't know that they're putting that much on actually winning a ton of games this season as much as seeing him do well. And I kind of think like the Thielen and Shark additions are in that same vein where it's like, let's just make sure that this guy has veteran receivers around him that will help him along uh, as opposed to actually expecting them to combine for more than 20 starts throughout the season. Yeah. And it's like the, the Shark one makes kind of a lot of sense to me because the the contract number is really small, but I think they, Gave Thielen kind of a lot of money for they two did. guaranteed years for like maybe twelve million dollars. I'm like, I, I, I guess I just don't get. Yeah, him. yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. But 
Yeah, when when you're starting to struggle getting getting open looks when you have Justin Jefferson across the field from you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It might mean that you've lost your 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 juice a little bit there. Yeah, they're, they they definitely just brought in a ton of names. I didn't even see that Hayden Hurst. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess. Journeyman. Like, yeah, that, the same kind of thing with him. Like, yeah, I, don't, I guess it's like, why throw to him when you can throw to, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like, right, right. Yeah, that, that's your best argument for Hayden Hurst is that it's just <laughs> he was on a team full of full of great options. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, I'm not I'm not hugely optimistic on some of the additions they made, uh, and I really just think that they'll be prioritizing seeing some development from Bryce Young, and that's about it. With that in mind, I'm going under on the seven and a half number. Um, yeah, I like under too. I don't think I see anything that they did on defense um, that they have done. I didn't do a ton to look at this. It looked like they really were just trying to prioritize getting Bryce Young comfortable with the field position players. Yep. Um, I mean, I bet in the draft they probably got a, a lineman as well. But So that does it for the NFC South. Uh, we will continue this uh, later on this week with the next division on the list. But I think that we've we've done pretty well with the two divisions that I think are the worst from last year. And with those out of the way, we will be moving on to the NFC West next. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Jabroni Media Corporation. (laughs) Three, two, one, stop. Oh, shit.